Hey, Miss Sullivan's going to be saying, hey, Johnny, why the fuck are you standing on your table? Sit down and do your fucking math problems, baby. What the fuck's going on? And he, yeah. And he's going to be sitting there. Whoa! I believe he went to Central Michigan University. Go chip was. Uh, obviously, the English department there really did not fail him. Uh, okay, so he hit her up after, I guess, beating her in the case. So he beat the case. And he emailed her and said, I jacked my dick. <laughs> You will never eat Lucky Charms or anything with some dangly candy, marshmallowy, jerky dick shit in there ever again. This isn't the uh, this isn't the traditional path that our parents are expecting us to take, but oh, not at all. You know, whoever whoever did anything cool, doing whatever everyone expected them to. You know, yeah, for sure. It's a beautiful day. What's going on, neighbors? Uh, we've been off on a hiatus for an extended period of about three or four weeks now. We've been able to enjoy the luxury of summer and not doing absolutely fucking jack shit for about, I don't know, three months. Um, we could just record whenever we wanted to, drink whenever we wanted to, go out whenever we wanted to, and it didn't matter. We were in the same city and we were able to crank out episodes every week. And then school hit and we realized that we actually have a purpose in this world. We conceived this this idea, Pruitt grabbed me like Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street when he, when he grabs um, Leo. Yeah. And he's like, let's, when they do the fucking crack, it's fun like fucking, yeah. fucking wolf. Yeah. Oh, shit, my care. I just get cramped up in my leg. But, yeah, that's basically where we were. And now we're here, 16 hours, three yeah. classes, of, you know, fucking work. Uh, it's hard. School has been uh, hindering the podcast progress significantly just because we kind of forgot that whenever you're in class, you got homework due, you got, you got tests, you got quizzes, you got group projects. We're done with that. We found a window. We're going to be more consistent. And we're going to ram that window <laughs> anytime we find it. Yeah. Let's open up the uh, – actually, let's not open up the newspaper. Let's give our boys – we actually just had a very long uh, phone conversation earlier with our boy Christian over at Save Our Livers. Let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and run through that real quick. Yeah, these guys are working hard. We've talked about them before. Our buddy Christian, his other friend, uh, I, th- I believe it's Matt Bishop. They got some, some good things going over there. We talked about the last episode, Save Our Livers. You go out, you get fucked up. You have a good time, but you wake up feeling shitty. Uh we're older now and we're starting to feel that a lot more. Mhm. Send you these bags in the mail, subscription based. If you want it to be, um, if not, uh, you can buy them like in bulk, or you can buy them repetitively. It doesn't matter. If you do choose to buy them, use code, dude. Suburbia. I was so proud of that, but it's that kind of shows how long it's been. 
I didn't know if it was Burb or Suburbia from the Von Jock fake ad read. But this is a real ad read. We're doing yeah. it now. We're real boys. We're not yeah. lost boys. Um, but yeah, if you choose to do that, help us out. We're going to get a shit ton more, and we're going to be handing them out. We're also going to be doing another giveaway with them, so that'll be coming up. But yeah, if you get those, help us out. Help them out. Uh, 10% off. Help yourself out. Code Suburbia. You know, one thing that uh, I really appreciated, um, Christian actually sent uh, Mark and I mm-hmm. just kind of a variety of some of the products that they offer. Um, I got one of the bigger ones and then I think the medium sized, but it was nice. Uh, I went out and for the first time I was actually prepared for the morning after because I've never done any preparation for the morning after my Same. entire life. And now, now that I'm starting to get older, my hangovers <coughs> don't feel good. They hurt. I don't feel like, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, in high school, I could go out and get hammered with my buddies and go to sleep at four in the morning and wake up, you know, 10 in the morning to go drive home and go to family lunch or do whatever on a Sunday yeah. morning and feel absolutely nothing. Yeah. And now it feels like I got ran over by a train and I mean, collectively waterboarded by the FBI. I'm not there yet. Oh, I'm, it's getting bad for me. It's my getting worse. My hangovers are starting to shit on me. But basically, I mean, it was so nice because I woke up, I kind of forgot that I had the care package, and I rolled over, and I had it sitting on my desk. I hadn't even opened it. And I was like, shit, this is actually a very applicable and uh, useful thing. I opened it up. I was immediately able to open up the Gatorade, take some Advil, some emergency, and within about 30 seconds, I had four or five things running through my bloodstream that were going to help me get over that hangover and work through the rest of my day without even leaving my bed. It's a great product. They've got a great thing going, and you're going to hear a lot more about Save Our Livers from us uh, in the very, very near future. No, we just got off the phone with him, and they've been working real hard to, um, you know, not only engineer the product that is being hand-delivered to your door to make you feel better and get you through the next day uh, with yeah. ease. I also tried it. Uh, it was awesome. I felt... Uh, like my dexterity improved, my yeah. balance was was better. Yeah. Um. I don't walk to class. I I say this all the time. I ride bird scooters. I have discount codes and cards and everything, so I just like them. And like, it's a lot more pleasurable and doable. Yeah, you know, I mean, the you, be- you feel more athletic. You feel better. You feel like you didn't get fucked up. I felt great. I had a, a nice little. Vita Crunch Bar, which I love. Yeah. And then all the pills. La Rapida. I took that shit. Oh, my God, bro. I never heard of that. Well, I mean, it's it's awesome. The best thing about it, Mark, is that they're not some company that's trying to convince you that they've come up with this miracle pill that cures all all hangovers. They said, you know what? We're going to put... A smorgasbord of products that people already know and trust. I trust Advil. I trust Tylenol. I trust Emergency. I know that they work. And whenever they sit there and they put yeah. nine or ten of these things in one place that's easily accessible for me, yeah. I don't have to question. It's not some little – I mean, I'm not going to name any names, and I also couldn't because I don't yeah. remember the exact name of these companies. But there are a few companies out there right now that claim to have – they've got these little like – it's like the size of a five-hour energy bottle, and you yeah. open it, and you take it, and it's like a all-in-one hangover cure. Like, I don't believe that shit. You know what I do believe? Nah, I believe yeah. in good old ibuprofen, acetaminophen, some vitamin mm-hmm. C. 
things that are proven stuffed into one care package that are right there available for you. They're not trying to convince you anything. They're trying to say, listen, we know what works. We didn't make it, but we're going to put it all in one place. It's easy and accessible for you. And save you the damn time of going to get it. Exactly. That's the best part about it. Yeah, and they care, and they're always looking to get better. And, um, yeah, they're really really good dudes. We support them. And we're looking forward to getting that next... uh, that next shipment from him so we can give it to some of our friends and see how they feel about it. Spread the good uh, word. Yeah, spread the good word. Let's right. uh, let's open up the newspaper here. Yeah, so um, we'll start this off. Antonio Brown, we've talked about him before, um, but that motherfucker is one head case. So me and Pruitt were talking about him the other day. Actually, a lot of us were. And someone showed us the um, the emails that leaked with him. And 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 one of his one of his girls, I guess some someone he had he had uh, relations with. Um, but I just wanted to highlight his grammar. Um, mm. and his, you know, obviously I, th- I believe he went to Central Michigan University. Go Chip was, uh, obviously. The English department there really did not fail him. Uh, okay, so. He hit her up after, I guess, beating her in the case. So he beat the case. So he emailed her and said, I jacked my dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny because it's like in a Gmail format. <laughs> I can't believe some professional athlete would actually. I jacked my dick on your back. Space, exclamation point, lowercase. Slept with you in bed. Fuck your knowledge, bitch. I've been all pro before I even knew you. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that's that's and phenomenal it, stuff. Yeah, every time, every time you hear it, every time you hear you, <laughs> it's the letter U. Okay, next sentence, capital letter U. <laughs> hit me up online, bitch. Crying, I didn't hit you up. You never left my house since you had a hotel. You fell asleep on my couch. Fuck out of here, my baby mama. Trick your dumb ass. Wow. Blast me. You're a failure. Telling everybody you own a gym. Exclamation point. Question mark. I like the variation there, Antonio. Yep. What you gonna blast? Don't fucking write my phone, lying bitch. Thought it was easy. <laughs> Thought it was easy to get a come up. Space exclamation point using god alias fake ass. <laughs> oh, you and your mama. You and your mama thought y'all hoes had a come up. Fuck out of here. Don't write my. <laughs> this sounds like the Chief Keef intro. To the Hey Be It Sober video where they're in the barbershop. <laughs> this shit you know goes what, on, you know bro. That, that's our next clip, and it's going on the fucking Instagram. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get the Chief Keef intro with somebody really yeah. loud. <laughs> You're right. It goes on, bro. We're only at 13 oh minutes. I'm going to continue. Thanks for giving fuck. us... No, I'm not going to... I can't read the next part. It's bad, but it's on Twitter. <laughs> you know, We'll throw that link up. Okay, yeah, and this is only the newspaper, too. Let's get on to the next part. Speaking um, of legal cases oh and boy. accusations, our buddy, our good friend, John Bennett Hale, recently faced the state of South Carolina in a courtroom. And according to him, he was allowed an attorney but denied one because he, I don't know, I guess he extensively studied the uh, law handbook and took Bennett, the bar and was able to uh, was able ben, to defend himself. Yes, Bennett has been denied access and rite of passage back to Columbia, um, you know, through the assistance of his parents. They, they don't want to... He's been on a moped for some reasons. We will let other people figure that out. Why he's on a yeah. moped and only a moped, uh, but that doesn't that doesn't go down I twenty very well or whatever you take up from Charleston to Columbia. 
So right. he's been taking the Greyhound bus up. He FaceTimed me on the Greyhound bus yesterday, and he said, um, dude, I just found out I need a lawyer, but I haven't told my lawyer enough in advance. And I said, dude, just go in there, and you, you got to... I didn't tell him this straight up because I didn't want to mislead him. But eventually we came down to it. And he was like, I-, I need to go in there and I need to big dick them. Yeah. He-, he watched the Ted Bundy um, movie on Netflix with Zac Efron before where he denies the attorney and tries to be a lawyer for himself. And, dude, he fucking stood on the stand for himself as, as uh, I guess, his own attorney. And we got a picture to prove it, bro. John John B. Hale versus the state of South Carolina. <laughs> Oh, goddamn court. And just, just uh, for future uh, reference for our yes. listeners, don't ever fucking do that. Please get a lawyer. Yeah, but he said the, the, legal- uh, he said the judge appreciated his honesty and that he was a breath, breath of fresh air compared to most other... Fe- uh, no. <laughs> most other um, like just well, people that come in there. Let me, let me tell you one thing. John yeah. Bennett Hale is a great bullshitter, but he's not a fucking lawyer. He's okay? not. So I'm sure he was able to bullshit his way and got a little bit lucky. Ten, you know, nine other times out of ten, get a lawyer because you yeah. don't know the legal system. No matter what you think you know, get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You're not going to luck out like Bennett. Yeah, and he was able to skirt away in his greyhound unscathed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's doing good. Shout out to him. We're not going to have him on tonight because he's with his gal. He's with his girlfriend. Yeah, he's or caked his, up. His girl, which is watching you know, Hulu good for him. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. We talked about Hobby Lobby before. Let's get on to them for the uh, this next shit part is of nuts. We didn't. We actually have not this covered this bananas. on the podcast yet. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let me go through and just read this. Okay. This is from the New York Times. Um, it's written by Alan Fuhr. Here we go. The packages that made their way from Israel and the United Arab Emirates to retail outlets owned by Hobby Lobby, the seller of arts and craft supplies, were clearly marked as tile samples. But according to a civil complaint filed on Wednesday by by federal prosecutors in Brooklyn, they held something far rarer and more valuable. They were actually antique clay cuneiform tablets that that had been smuggled into the United States from Iraq. Prosecutors said in the complaint that Hobby Lobby, whose evangelical Christian owners have long maintained an interest in the biblical Middle East, began in 2009, 10 years ago, to assemble a collection of cultural artifacts from the Fertile Crescent. The company went so far as to send its president and an antiquities consultant to the United Arab Emirates to inspect a large number of rare cuneiform tablets. Traditional clay slabs with wedge-shaped writing that originated in the Mesopotamia uh, thousands of years ago. In 2010, as a deal for the tablets was being struck, an expert on cultural property law who had been hired by Lobby Lobby warned the company executives that the artifacts might have been looted from historical sites in Iraq and that failing to determine their heritage, where they came from, could break the law. Despite these words of caution, the prosecutor said, Hobby Lobby went ahead and bought more than 5,500 artifacts. The table, the tablets and clay talismans and so-called cylinder seals from an unnamed dealer for $1.6 million in December 2010. And then they used their Hobby Lobby shipping service to move all of these fucking tablets and, you know, documents that were so old back to the United States what the to fuck? be used in a biblical um, Christian museum by the CEO who... Did not care so, about the warnings that that they didn't know where they actually came from. Obviously, the CEO and upper management of Hobby Lobby is is uh, some type of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones type. <clears throat> yeah, shit going on. 
Uh, but you know, for the for the power of the king, for for our Lord and Savior, that's crazy. Well, my thing yeah, is, is we, like we the third grew time up, we talked about them somehow. We grew up in the uh, in the very religious South and in a yes. private Christian school. And there are definitely some uh, people that are very uh, up on their high horses and feel like that they're above the law if they have God on their side. Um, And this is just one unfortunate version of an even larger story that's, you know, encompasses so many people who claim to be, oh, well, I'm just doing it because of religion or I'm just doing it because of Christianity. And they commit these largely illegal acts, and then they blame it on that, or they say that it's okay because yeah. of that. So it's this it's this guy who has this uh, biblical museum, and he said, well, I don't really give a shit if it's against, you know, NATO laws or the fucking, you know, national American, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. He didn't care if it was against these international laws. He wanted his uh, his artifacts in his museum, so he used the Hobby Lobby shipping network to ship almost 6,000 uh, ancient Sheesh. artifacts, ancient clay tablets and things with writing on it back to America. And he was exposed for this. <laughs> and they, he ended up getting all of them, I think, taken from him. But it's just it's just nuts to think that these huge corporations that control so much of what we see yeah. and what we're sold in America are just going underneath the table and doing all these fucking shady things. It makes you it's think crazy. back to, um, what was it, J.P. Morgan, who had the coke on the boat? Yeah, and nothing was ever said of that. There were no indictments made. There was no, nothing happened. <clears throat> the headline disappeared out of uh, media circulation after about 24 hours, and no one said a word <coughs> about it. I mean, and I guarantee that whatever journalist reported it turned it, you know, ended up unintentionally killed or something stupid like that in the next like day or so. Hobby Lobby CEO, professor of archaeology. Yeah. Obtainer of rare antiquities. With huge disregard for international law. Throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. Mm-hmm. Dun 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 dun. We have one more. We have one more. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll right, let you take this one. It, we're going to tone it back down to a little bit more of a serious note here. For sure. Um, it's local Columbia. I don't know how many of uh, the listeners here who grew up in Columbia went to the Plex growing up. Um, from about sixth grade to eighth grade, probably fifth grade to eighth grade, Almost every day, I was in the Plex Skate Park in Sand Hills in Columbia, South Carolina. And there was a guy there by the name of Michael Mayfield. Uh, When I was there, he was probably in his early 40s, mid-40s. He had a son, and he was always there with like an 80s camcorder on his shoulder, recording his son's skateboard, making promotional tapes, etc., etc., helping out other kids at the skate park. when I was going to the skate park, I was definitely one of the younger kids there. I was 12, 13 years old. The majority of the kids there were 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, and this guy, Michael Mayfield, was kind of a like a patriarchal figure in the skate park and in the skate, sk- skate scene in Columbia. Um, I actually never spoke with him, but I always knew 
that he was there, and I, I could always tell that he cared a great deal about his son and about his son's friends. Um, he was always helping them, giving them tips, giving them advice. Uh, and I actually read an article uh, about three or four weeks ago that he had terminal cancer, and I thought that growing up that, you know, my experience with him was maybe uh, isolated. But according to the article that I read a few weeks ago, he actually affected so many people around the Columbia area. And he was kind of known as like the, I guess, like the the adopted father of skateboarding in the Columbia area. Yeah, dude, he was like, he like we look back at the what it said in the article, like one of the retro skateboarders. We didn't yeah. have a lot of that in Columbia. Yeah, and he was a he was a father figure. So many people reported that he was kind of a father figure to them, especially kids who didn't have a father figure growing up. He was mm-hmm. really involved in the skate scene. He cared about the development of so many kids around the Columbia area. Um, he cared about not only helping them skate better, but giving them life lessons, supporting them in any way he could. Um, he was known around the Shannon area. He always walked his dog. Um, I actually saw him in Groucho's about two months ago. Yeah. Um, and just such a <laughs> nice guy, such a great guy. And he actually, uh, he passed away a few, a few days ago. Um, he had a terminal diagnosis. It was brain, it was a brain tumor. Um, and it's just, you know, the legacy that he left behind was so great. And I think that, you know, there are so many people that don't have a father figure, don't have someone there supporting them, or don't have someone to even, you know, simply just to teach them how to skateboard. And he was that person for so many people. He was such a light in the Columbia area. He really cared about the community. Um, he would spend so much time going and cleaning up skate parks in the early morning after kids would go out. I mean, you know, if you got a group of 15, 16, 17-year-old kids out buying a case of beer on a fake ID and leaving all the cans everywhere, Michael Mayfield was a guy that was coming and cleaning up the parks and making sure that they were in good condition and that, you know, the place was in at least a good enough condition for kids to continue returning and skateboarding. So he could come and teach them how to do, you know, X, Y, Z, or give them advice on something. I mean, just an all-around great guy and a staple of the Columbia skateboarding community or just the Columbia community in in general. So, yeah, I remember him always being there. I didn't I didn't recognize his son until you told me that, like his full name, and I looked him up on Facebook, and I remember seeing him there too. Yeah, whenever we'd go, that was such like skateboarding was like a sport, dude. But like it was the only sport as a kid that you would just consistently go to like willingly and for fun right and i remember that man being there so many times countless times oh yeah the, the plex every time in the plex. Son, anytime son was, i was there he was there was raw too oh yeah and not only was he filming his son he was you know teaching kids how to drop in yeah, i mean he, nice kid. he really really cared about you know the community and cared about all the kids he was like a dad to so many kids he was like yeah, a nice kind of a guy. father figure yeah i mean I never Honestly, spoke to him either, but looking back, I yeah. wish I did as a kid. I was always shy in there. I was always scared to drop yeah, in and stuff. So was I. We do our best. Yeah. All right, well, we're getting rest, into the, Rest into the, in peace. Yes, Rest for in sure. peace to Michael Mayfield. To a Columbia legend. Listen here. I got something important to tell y'all. Okay. Gary Webb. Listen here. We're going to talk about the Dark Alliance, okay? All right. 
The quote-unquote Dark Alliance would eventually morph into a personal crisis for Webb. The Dark Alliance was a, just like it says, a Dark Alliance by the CIA. They wanted to cover up the fact that they funneled so much illegal money into the United States to purchase and distribute crack cocaine through the ghettos. What do you mean illegal money? I mean unmonitored, unfiltered, un... Let me... Let me tell you. Let untraceable? Right Let me tell you right now. Untraceable. It's a good word. Okay. Let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and read the summary. I've got the big article pulled up, but here we go. In 1996, Gary Webb exposed how the CIA hired drug traffickers to sell massive amounts of cocaine in the United States in order to raise untraceable funds to finance a terrorist organization mm. who were trying to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. We were against the Nicaraguan government at the time in the late 90s. So we were for, we were supporting the terrorist organization who was trying to overthrow them. These massive shipments of cocaine ultimately sparked the crack epidemic that decimated uh, inner cities during the 90s. As a result, mainstream media vilified Gary Webb and destroyed his career, which also destroyed his marriage. But he refused to back down. In 2004, he was found dead with two bullet wounds to his head. His death was ruled a suicide. This man literally Mm. lost everything to give a glimpse of the truth. Holy shit. Here it is. He exposed. He was like a whistleblower. He was like Snowden. He realized, he figured out what the government was doing. They were pumping so much money. So, so, like hundreds of thousands of tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars of money. Okay. Into what? Into into drug traffickers. They sold. Why, Why is that? Because they needed to raise untraceable funds. So they hired these drug traffickers. They wrote it off as a CIA expense. And these drug traffickers sold massive amounts of cocaine. Mm. They raised those untraceable funds. It was all cash money that was not able to be traced anywhere. And then they used that cash to finance a terrorist organization who was trying to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. They couldn't Uh, put official... Yeah, we saw their signs and shit when we went to Nicaragua. That's crazy. Yeah, they couldn't put official U.S. currency towards that cause because it wasn't supported by the government. There was no vote on it. There was no agreement in court. There was nothing. But the government Mm -hmm. had its agenda, so they said the only way to do this is to raise... Yeah, that goes to what we say. We're not like super crazy conspiracy theorists every episode, but the shit comes up, man. We see it. Yeah. And all we can say is look into it. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, believe what you want. But I'm, I have to look into that because I'm clueless on that. Yeah. Gary Webb, thank you for your service. Yeah, man. Sir. And I, I mean, as we talked about last time with Epstein, dude, doesn't look like a suicide. I don't think it is. Most and definitely that's the not. thing. You can scream conspiracy theory all you want and that, oh, you can't believe stuff like that. It's dumb. But isn't it a little bit curious how every time someone comes out and exposes some kind of government thing that's going on, they turn up dead like three weeks later? Isn't that just a little bit weird? Or if they have connection to a lot of uh, crooked government shit, they get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the Gary Webb thing was actually confirmed. It was confirmed that the United States was using, uh, was hiring drug dealers to sell massive amounts of crack cocaine in the United States to raise money to fund um, a war against Nicaraguan government. That was actually confirmed. Hmm. He exposed the whole operation. 
Um, and the reason that they had to raise illegal money was because they tried to take it to court and it was not approved. Um, the government or the, the, the greater majority voted this is not something that's worth the United States money. But sometimes when they have an agenda, they do whatever the fuck they want. And they were able to raise a large sum of money that was yeah. untraceable and then put it towards um, trying to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. I mean, it's just Dude, wild. In terms, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crooked shit going on. It's sad. It's scary. It is scary. Was that topic number? Okay. Yeah. Are we we're not at 43, are we? What are we at? We're uh we're cruising through. Yeah, we've we already Dude, we 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 in took terms of raising money. In terms more. of raising money, I have some some random shit. I think. Okay. In terms of raising money, in relation to what we just talked about with the CIA and Gary Webb and laundering or whatever that whatever they did with that money, this trap. I don't know. I have to look into that. Whatever they did. Mm-hmm. The root cause to increase their earnings. I was thinking earlier today, dude, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Instagram picture or video where the girls are all lining up by that winged uh, painting on the on the brick wall. You know what I'm talking about? And that they're like lining up to take pictures oh, yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't know why companies like, any, you name it, like Dick Sporting, not even, maybe not that. Tar- <laughs> I don't know why Dick's was the first in my mind. Target. Walgreens, CVS, like anything, I don't even know, you name it, anything, God, dude, my throat is so closed up, anything, you name it, why don't, like, these companies, opposed to spending exuberant amounts of money on, like, uh, TV commercials or uh, ads around the city, whatever, whatever it is, would it not be smart to just put some crazy shit like that, so that all the, like, 13 to... I, what would you say, 21-year-old girls in, in the uh, neighboring cities would come by and be like, oh, well, fuck it. If I'm here to take a picture, I might as well just go in and shop. If it's a relative store, would you not think that'd be a good idea? I just are thought you talking about, that. about Are you talking about... Um, whatever, you talking about- whatever random company put those big angel wings on the side of their building... Well, it's just it's just a gimmick. I mean... I know, but they didn't know that it would... They did not know it was going to take off like that. They did not know it was going to take off like that. So I don't know why I think, no one else has done that. Here's what I think. I think that, and I've thought this for a while, I think that there's a lot of money. If someone rented out a, I don't know, 500 square foot small little space somewhere, painted the wall with murals. Um, like all the fucking uh, tapestries and all that shit. Yeah, tapestries <laughs> and sectioned off little portions of the room or the <laughs> space. And maybe in one space have a bunch of light bulbs hanging from the ceiling by fishing string. And then in another space have a bunch of geometric shapes on the floor with uh, fluorescent lighting. And then in another space have a black light with a bunch of, you know, I don't know, like a mound of cotton. I mean, just you could literally do whatever the fuck you wanted to. And it's not hard to to take good pictures. It's not. It's not hard to take artsy photography. It's not. It's not a complicated thing. If you could create these surreal photo sets, it's <laughs> a hot take. I I don't think it is. I okay, really don't. Okay. All right. I I don't know either. I don't have a fucking camera. I'm, I mean, uh, you you've seen the pictures where someone will literally go to an abandoned building, which yeah. is the most rundown. 
I know, I know, but thing. people would argue that. And if that you that... catch it, if you catch it in the right light, okay, and and put the right filter on it, it's gonna look cool. Okay, but people would argue that the exposure and all the bullshit and like finding that right angle and fucking light through the I mean, here's a here's a big actual a, photographers that are, that would take. I, mean, I don't know. Here's a big hot take advocate. here. Here's a big yeah. hot take here. Okay. Photography's not fucking hard. <laughs> I don't I think mean, it is. I, I don't have a I mean, I've never owned a camera I, in my life. So. I would I mean there have been so many, so many girls, so many people in general who for their sixteenth or seventeenth birthday get a semi nice camera mm. and they post on their Facebook, hire me for your wedding shoots or hire me mm. for this. And they'll take a bunch of pictures. And you know what, Mark? The majority of the time the pictures look okay. They don't look bad. They look if you have a nice camera and you catch the right lighting, it can look professional. So that's what it is. It's a return on investment on the uh, the nice Canon camera that they got for Christmas. I guess so. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, well, is I complete I completely agree with you with the wings on the side of the wall or whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. someone could someone could go set up a place and charge I don't know forty dollars an hour per person and say, look, you can go walk around and do whatever you want, take as many pictures as you want. All you got to do is pay me forty fifty bucks an hour to be in here. Yeah, they like could have a, little. You, I mean, they could have like. like a, Sorry. They could, they could portion. I mean, if they had a, if they had a, uh, I don't know, if they had Dude, like, like a, a, like a Toys R Us for influencers, like different sections and cubicles and and spheres and and ovals that they can lay in just, and sit in with couches and fluorescent lights and different just, geometric just, shapes just to pour on their bodies off. and 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 funny unique positions right. to I mean to, if to pose in yeah if you could if you could buy if you crazy. could if you could rent or buy like a 2500 square foot warehouse that has absolutely nothing in it okay mm-hmm. bear with me here and then you portion off a 5 by 5 grid with 10 square feet in each grid. That's about the size of my room, I'd say. Maybe a little bit smaller. And then in each grid, you have doors or entryways or walkways. And the lighting's different in every single one. Maybe in one you have a couch. You've got some, you know, you've got some cubic figures hanging from the ceiling. Maybe in another one you've got the floor is mirrored. And you've got a bunch of Renaissance paintings on the wall. And maybe in another one... You've got, I don't know, a bunch of pool noodles and then a black Yeah, we light. said that. I mean, you it said could that. be anything. I was, I was conveying what you said, yeah. Toys R Us for fucking girls that want to be, wow. Yeah. Wanna and be, then you, or not even girls, and then girls you, and guys. They want to be models. You sell it. Influence. You sell it. for. You say, look, you can take as many pictures as you want in here for $50 an hour. All, you, all, all that you have to do <laughs> is establish some kind of bullshit photo shoot scenario in every single room. Yeah. And with the right camera, with the fucking quality, the iPhone cameras nowadays and the filters you can put on, it would not take any time to take professional level pictures. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I mean I'm not going to – I went to Israel my senior year in high school. It was the second time I went. Um, it was a trip with my church or with my grandfather's church growing up. And I have like – I mean, I have a – photo album of probably 20 pictures that I took when I was there that literally I just took them on Snapchat and swiped right and applied one of the filters to them. And like, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but like you can go through the pictures and they look like, I mean, they're professional level quality pictures. I'm not bullshitting. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. It really isn't. And to set up, to set up some kind of uh, photographer's utopia like that, where someone could come and easily take quality pictures, you could make so much money. 
Yeah. I think that that's something that, that could be capitalized and monopolized if you did it in the right way. I completely agree with you. <coughs> yeah, I think it'd be funny. I was just thinking about that in class when we were talking about random and intriguing marketing ploys that companies yeah. could do. Um, whatever the whatever company did the angel wings that was obviously random, I think. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, I guess we'll get on with our with our trash and our bacon. We're already at fifty. We took a bathroom break. I'm assuming we're probably what like forty minutes right now. Uh, probably somewhere. Right I'll be there. impressed if I got it right. If not, that's a neck. But um, sort of my trash, dude. I I'm kind of bummed. Um, growing up playing football, I went to the Manning uh passing academy. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and their other brother Cooper Manning, who didn't make it into the NFL because of his sicknesses. Um, or illnesses, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I I love those guys. I like the Mannings a lot. I love Peyton Manning. I love Eli Manning. But Eli Manning just got benched, and uh, he's honestly been a quarterback there probably I, I think since he was in college in like nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. So probably since we were little kids. Mm-hmm. And every time one of these OG veteran quarterbacks or running backs steps down, it's really sad. Uh, he's a second string right now, I guess. Might get traded. But um, I was kind—I of, was trying to transfer into the trash. It's late. I'm kind of tired. Um, but that's mine, man. Um, we played against the Giants' new quarterback, um, Daniel Jones, I think his name is, in um, in college, and he he went to Duke, so he's pretty good. But uh, it's just sad. It's, it's sad for me to see such. I I, could, I wouldn't say he's a legend. You know, he's only—I think he's won two Super Bowls. Some people consider them flukes, but. It's just trash. It's sad, it's sad to see a guy go down like that, kind of yeah. quietly. No one talks about it, but he honestly has been a pretty average quarterback and a pretty average NFL player. He just has the last name Manning. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But uh, RIP to that career if it does happen to be uh, ended on this date um, for for years to come. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. What's what's up with you? What what you what you think about lately? Here's my trash. Good. Nicotine addiction. Mm. I dipped a little bit in eighth grade. Yep. Just out of peer pressure. I did enjoy it. I never had a bad dipping situation. I know plenty of people that put in their first dip and they threw up or whatever. I enjoyed it from day one. I always like having nicotine in my bloodstream, which is not good. And whenever that dipping started, then it transitioned into, you know, so-and-so's mom was getting off of cigarettes and had a vape, and so we had that for a little yeah. while. And, I mean, it was just, it was not good. From 15 to 16 to 17 to 18, and then whenever the fucking jewel came out, oh. that just enhanced my nicotine addiction. Because as soon as the jewel came out, it was game over. I had accessible nicotine in my pocket at all times, no matter what. And it was coming at me at a level that was even higher than a cigarette or a dip. I mean, the first, I I think everyone can remember the first time they had a jewel. It's just like nicotine overload. Yep. And even though, you know, I wasn't trying to get addicted, having something so accessible right there leads to that. And that's my trash this week. Yeah, it's horrible, dude. You know, it, it's, it sucks. It sucks because you think it's just fun and games, and then all of a sudden, two years later, three years yeah. later, you're like, fuck, like, this is actually addicting, and I actually, like, have a chemical dependency on this. And yeah. I've been trying to break that. I've been kind of <clears throat> moving into the these 
tobacco-less uh, dip pouches Lizanne, for now. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's working. It's good to have. But, you know, I think everyone can agree that nobody wants to move into their mid to late 20s yeah. with any kind of addiction at all. Yeah, I'm still you know, I'm, trying, I'm still yeah. fighting it with with the dip. I'm 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 dipping, but uh, yeah. there's probably a lot of people that are trying to quit it, quit it in here. Uh, it's fucked up, you know. These the, it's these companies are just pumping it into into us. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, they're just pumping it at us, you know. Uh, and it's accessible. It's easy. It's simple, and that's the worst part about it. And Jewel had me hooked for like six months. I don't know how long you were on it, but. Oh, that might be why, why I'm having throat problems, man. I don't know. It's fucked up. <clears throat> if you think about it, like what they're giving us and making money off of and profiting off of, if anybody, if you look at it from a, a neutral standpoint, it's fucked up. Yeah. If you, it's, 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 it's what happened in the 60s, 50s, whatever the decade was, when our grandparents were, you know, the, the Marlboro man, the cowboy was shown on, on his horse smoking a pack of Marlboro Reds, and he was fine. Yeah, like it's just, it's the same shit. It's just with with the jewel, and we don't know the outcome. And now apparently, kids' lungs are failing from it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I They've echo had that. Like eight or nine kids in the past week that just dropped from jeweling. I know, man. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. I mean, what, I'm what done. Your, uh... We we stopped legitimately. We we stopped. Yeah, I haven't jeweled in. It's weeks pretty now. fucked. Like I I think they're fucking bad. I really do. Like, yeah. I, we started seeing the shit. We were like, okay, maybe this is just like these. These is like once in once in a million, one in a million, and it's like, you know, bam, 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 bam. It's, it keeps happening. This shit keeps happening. We, we got to calm down. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. What's your bacon this week, dude? It's honestly ironic you said that. I, I did a little. I had a little nod of approval. Um, my buddy Chris, I've talked about him before. He played football with me here. Uh, he's in my accounting class with me right now. He showed me this company. It's called the Ripple Company on Instagram. They are at the Ripple Co. So that's T-H-E-R-I-P-P-L-E-C-O. They only have 6,500 followers right now. But it's basically a, like a plant-powered vaporizer. So it's like a zero nicotine formula to basically give you like the feeling. When I got deep into a jewel addiction, basically I was just scratching the itch. I think you told me that term, Pruitt. I was just, I wanted to, to inhale it to feel that mint kind of in the back of my throat, you know? Like I wanted to yeah. just inhale something. I wanted to feel like, feel something. That's what it was with dip too, or it is with dip. You just want to like know that you're, you, like, I, I mean, it's just nicotine. I can't, you, I can't explain the psychology of it. I'm not a doctor, but the, the, this company, from the looks of it, and they do, they have beautiful advertisements. Really, it looks just like a jewel, except it's white with uh, blue colors down the side. <coughs> but it's all plant based, so it's not bad for you. They're called the Ripple. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't back them. I've never tried it, but it looks really cool. I'm definitely gonna order one. I'm gonna reach out to them and see if we can get y'all a discount code so that some of y'all can try it. But I think a lot of us are scratching the itch. These guys have six thousand five hundred followers. That's what we've made. It, we've prided ourselves on is reaching out to these smaller startups. Um, we'll see where this goes, but yeah, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, that's my bacon right. though, because they 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 they're, they're trying to get us off of it, and I, and I hope they help us. Oh yeah. shoot. They're talking shit to Jewel, too. And yeah. Awesome. Y'all go follow them. The Ripple Co. It's just T-H-E, Ripple Co. C-O. What's yours? Yeah. Bacon. What you got? 
My bacon this week is NFL Sundays. I don't give a flying shit about NFL. I don't follow any team. Um, if the Panthers win, that's cool, but I really don't care. I like okay. college football. I follow college football. I have partiality to college football because I go to a college. I don't care about NFL football because I don't live in any city that has an NFL team. I don't have any reason to support an NFL team. Same. That's my reasoning behind that. But. Actually, not really. Yeah. Okay. NFL Sundays bring big, big, big business in the bar industry. I work at a pizza place that's kind of a sports bar. Mm -hmm. And I work every Sunday. And every Sunday since NFL has started has been slammed. You got the Ravens fans coming in. You got the Eagles fans coming in. You got whoever. And these people sit. They come in in groups of 6, 8, 10, 14, however many. And they sit the entire length of the game. And they drink absurd amounts of alcohol. And their bill is always really high. Mm -hmm. I love when NFL comes back. Especially in the restaurant industry. Especially in a restaurant that's mostly a kind of a bar and greasy bar food place. We got great pizza. What do you want to eat when you're drunk besides really good pizza? That's the first thing I can think of. <laughs> I mean, if I have a choice for drunk food, it's either chicken or pizza. Those yeah. are the two things. We got all kinds of TVs all over the place in our restaurant. It's, a, it, it's an attraction. Dano's, where I work, is an attraction for NFL game day. People come. We got good drink I deals. I love it we there. Got a good, we got a good selection y'all, of drafts. Y'all got... Um... The, uh, it was a buffalo ranch sandwich. We got the Tuscan Tur- chicken. That was it, yeah. Tuscan, dude. That the shit is incredible. The gas. gas. Texaco. It's incredible. I yeah. highly recommend Danos. Dude, uh, actually, Barstool Zone, Dave Portnoy, you little cuck. You fat he fuck. He didn't go. Yeah, you were supposed to come by, you fat piece of shit. If you listen to this, I think, I think someone at Barstool is not. I don't have problems uh, with Dave. No, we've been I saying think, this. No, I think Dave's Prez. cool. Nah, bro, y'all pump faked. We wanted to talk to you. And you pump faked, you fat okay, motherfucker. Okay, but, but here's the thing. What? I don't, e- I don't even know if he really was planning on coming there or if one of his little okay. employees wanted to yeah. excite us a little bit. Well, some barstool because, fuck let me tell you came something. in let me and tell you said, something. okay, okay. I didn't update you on this information. The same motherfucker who asked, like, would it be cool if Dave came here, came in the next week. I saw him, and he made eye contact with me and started to try to check out as soon as possible. He was like scrambling, trying to get his money out of his wallet to try to check out the to-go thing. I start walking towards him, and he's like looking at me like a scared rabbit, like he's looking at, like looking down, looking up, look at me, look. And I was like, "Hey, man, like, aren't you the barstool guy that came in last week?" And he pretended not to hear me. He kept looking at the cashier, and I was like, "Yo, like, aren't you the barstool guy that came in last week? Like, is Dave coming here?" And he was like, "Uh." I- I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's coming or not. And he, like, turned around and left. So I Pussy think, boy, fuck you. I think he might have I think he might have just been trying to uh, to name drop. I think he, he probably is a Barstool employee, and Dave was probably coming towards maybe the Columbia I mean, area. I don't have a problem with Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. It's late. Love you, brother. This was, this was like, three <laughs> weeks. This was way before USC Bama. This was, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. He was apparently going to be in the area, oh, yeah, and I can I, I can guarantee that Dave had no plans of coming to Dano's. It was just some little barstool employee or someone who runs like a local page who wanted to uh, name drop yeah. a little bit, and because uh, he knew he knew as soon as he, the first day when this motherfucker came in and said, "Oh, 
Dave's thinking about coming here next week. I immediately walked up to him. I was like, really? Like, what day? Like, when is he planning on? Oh, I don't know. He walked out. He was sketching a little bit, but not too much. So I wasn't suspicious. He comes back in like a week later, and I immediately, like, make a beeline to this kid. I was like, hey, like, what's the deal? What's up with Dave? And he's just like, he's just like scrambling. He like doesn't know what mm. to say. He's like, uh, 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 I, I, Barstool, I don't know. I don't know. Barstool, get your know. fucking recruits, man. Clean them up. We, I, this is annoying. We were hoping to meet Dave. Uh, one bite, everybody knows the rule. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Come try a fucking pizza, man. The fuck I would have loved for him to, re- to review the pizza. Dude, if Boston didn't have New- the New England Patriots, the Boston Celtics, the fucking Boston Red Sox, it would be just like Columbia, South Carolina. Just a shitty, scum- scummy city with clouds over it most of the time, and there ain't shit happening at. Okay? Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't, I'm serious, man. No, it's just, I, I think he... He, he thinks the thing straight up, so we need to talk to him straight up. If you're going to come talk to us about trying our pizza, either do it or do it or don't do it. I think that it, it I think he probably runs some local maybe Barstool USC page uh, and he wanted to, he wanted to, he probably wanted to come in and name drop a little bit. Oh, Dave might be in here next week. I don't who knows if fucking Dave had any plans to come here. Uh, I think I think that this little I think that this little shit Maybe runs a local you page. Little, you little fuck. Okay, then. And now, wanted now to come in. Wanted to come in and name drop and be like, hey, I work for Dave Portnoy. Okay. And he might be in here next week. Then the next week, whenever he comes in, One I bite. see the kid. I immediately Everybody make eye contact with him. And he looks down. He look, yeah. I make eye contact with him. And he like looks at the floor. And he's oh, like trying to get his man. wallet out. And check out. I was like, listen. Hey. Hey. hey wait, 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 wait. I was like, what? Isn't is Dave still coming? He's like, well, I don't know. He he, 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 he uh, yeah, exactly. He didn't know what the fuck to say. He knew, he knew that I, he knew that I was gonna ask him, and that's why he started avoiding me. That's why he tried to get out of the you, fucking restaurant. You barstool gamecocks, little fuck. You've posted three videos of Bennett shitting on him for his four logo shotgunning uh, technique and how he hunches over his back. Fuck y'all. Especially if that was you. I'm sorry, Dave. I didn't know. I didn't know uh, the Barstool USC affiliates were so horny to go uh, name drop at Danos and CC's Pizza. Listen, as if I know. Their I know. Shit is big, and their I don't shit know. doesn't stick. Okay, what? I like Dave, dude. Yeah, I'm a fan of Dave. I was. Yeah, watching I'm a fan of, of Boston. I like the uh, Patriots, so I was just kind of uh, kidding. He had his. Uh, he had his parents in the uh, Barstool office, and. You know, it kind of it kind of struck home with me. I was looking through Barstool's uh, Instagram story today, and his parents were commenting on the plastic uh, newspaper receptacles. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You know how like Free Times in Columbia has like the little plastic things that have the door on it where you open it and the newspapers in there. Yeah, they have the they have one of the original Barstool um, newspaper receptacles in their office. Yeah. And that's what Barstool was at first. They weren't an online presence. Oh, they were a newspaper. Yeah. They started being a, a sports newspaper that reported on sports and had hot takes. And yeah, and they were like also that. they also started off promoting parties in in, in the clubs uh, in right. New York. That too, right? They <laughs> that, did, that they definitely did too. that. But they were uh, they were they were a, a big. They they started off being like kind of like a small like gritty local newspaper. And they had little tiny receptacles that had the Barstool newspaper in it, and they grew it from that. And when I saw that on the Instagram story today, I looked at that, and I was like, you know what? 
I can have some respect for that because they, they started, Dave started his thing. He had a vision and he fucking grew it. And now they're in a huge office space and they're one of the most dominant social yeah. media presences. Yeah. In America, I mean, yeah, I think, respect I th- to that. I, just think, I think that's so cool. I think that's yeah. Awesome. And you say the showing the parents around thing too, because we talk about it too. Our parents are like, "We love y'all, but what the fuck are y'all doing?" <laughs> right. I mean, like, we have to stress that this isn't like we're not defining ourselves off of this shit. But no, yeah, of course it's, not. It's it's cool to show your this, parents stuff that they didn't think would work out when it did work out. And Dave was this doing isn't that, how yeah you. this. This isn't the uh, this isn't the traditional path that our parents are expecting us to take, but oh, not at all. You know, whoever whoever did anything cool, doing whatever everyone expected them to, you know. Yeah, for sure, dude. Honestly, I think we just hit like we're definitely in an hour by now. My my, my computer says an hour ten, but like we can save that. Do you want to save the Florida? or Do you want to go into it? I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. And then wrap it. It'll be quick. Okay. We don't have any extensive uh, news coverage on this, but we do have a headline. Florida man was arrested with cocaine stuffed Lunchables. <laughs> what the fuck? Whoa. All right. Here's the thing. I didn't you can that. put You can put drug wrap cocaine in so many things. You can put it in bread. You can put it in crackers. You can put it in, I don't know, you can put it in maybe a book. You yeah. can put it in. You can hide cocaine in so many things. A salt shaker. A salt shaker. You can hide cocaine in a salt shaker. A lot of uh, what the, multiple what? Splenda packets. Yeah. But what are you doing putting it in a lunchable? How are you gonna yeah. how are you gonna effectively transport that from one That's person to another weird, without being suspicious? That's fucking weird, dude. When I think Lunchables, I think children. I think small children. Yeah. I should not be associating that with a Schedule fucking 3 drug or whatever. Yeah, and that's the shit that the guys that are checking the Lunchable boxes down in Florida, they're going to be like, all right, honestly, Lunchables, there's no fucking adults eating these. Let's check them, man. These kids are going to be getting them. Why why the fuck is there just a bunch of white powder in these things? What the fuck's going on in, in these Lunchables here? Hey. Hey, Donnie, come check this out. Holy shit. And then they, they, they discover you. It's like we got half a kilo in this uh, this one barrel of Lunchables over here. What the fuck's going on? Like that's and then, yeah, it's just not good. It's what like that, the most it's okay. like the most exciting fucking Lunchable you've ever gotten. You know, it's <laughs> like uh, in one little container, you've got a few slices of ham and in uh, one container, you got a few crackers and the other one, you got a little s'more street. And then in the last one, you got a fucking key, a fucking, uh, you know, a fucking half gram of some fucking pristine Colombian powder. The next thing you know, little Donnie's at recess and in, in fucking Brooklyn. going through the monkey bars in record speed. Hey, 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 you motherfucker. I'm team captain today. I'm a- hey, motherfucker's picking everybody in football, bro. And it's it's game he's, over. He's, he's beating the fucking slide yeah. slash monkey bar record. Someone's, in, someone's in dead. Half the time. Someone's dead in the cafeteria with a with a fucking metal chair to the head. Or or Donnie has shoved the football halfway down down Michelangelo's throat, and you don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, Florida, fix your shit. We say it every week. I mean, I guess I can see the logic there. Lunchables <laughs> is probably the last place yeah, I would honestly, check for cocaine. And all, yeah, but that said, what if it well, just what if it just gets mixed in with some elementary kids? Hidden you in know? plain sight. Yeah, hidden in it's plain sight. It's already hard enough to get uh, you know a, an eight year old child to focus in a classroom yeah. if he's if he's skied up trying to learn you know two plus two. Yeah. He's gonna be doing the fucking Albert Einstein theory of fucking gravity. <coughs> yeah. At some point, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. 
I, I understand. He's gonna be using from. the fucking nerd straw oh. to rail a line. Miss you know Sullivan's gonna be saying, "Hey Johnny, why the fuck are you standing on your table? Sit down and do your fucking math problems, baby. What the fuck's going on?" And he, yeah. And he's gonna be sitting there, screaming. He yeah. doesn't know what the fuck's going on because he he found sugar, what he thought was sugar, in his lunchables, and he put yeah. it on the end of his. Uh, sometimes lunchables came with a slim jim. They came with a tootsie roll. That would be what it would be. They would say, I have this, cho- this chocolate Tootsie Roll and I have this, this fucking pack of powder. What the fuck is this powder for? I might as well put it on my goddamn Tootsie Roll. Bam. Next thing you know, Donnie's out there at rec football in the recess, shitting on kids, stiff-arming people, yeah. trucking them, fucking Breaking them up. Breaking the NFL passing record on a fucking high school baseball yeah, field because exactly. that's where they have recess, you know? Covered in sweat. You know, coming home, he's coming down off the coke, fighting with his mom in the car. Like, <laughs> it's not yeah. good. Florida, fuck you. Yeah, beating the shit check- out of her, out of a, out of his mom's <laughs> new husband. You know, check your check your shit, Florida. <laughs> check your shit, Florida. All right, guys, I think that wraps it up, dude. I want to give one more shout out for this episode. Uh, I bought this this special K cereal. This is fucking yogurt clusters in it. Do you like raisin brand? Raisin no, brand? No, no, no. It's special K and it's got yogurt in it. It's got these clusters of yogurt. I've been fucking raisin brand. Dude, raisin brand's gas. Fred put it It is gas. That. The fucking raisins. Shout out Fred. And the, the bread flakes. That's what you realize, man. You realize when you put shit in cereal and milk, it's not like Lucky Charms. Like, oh, I need the marshmallows. Like, bro, you put anything other than the oat in there, you're going to be going for that shit. You're going for that as if it's candy. These yogurt clusters, they taste, they taste like the marshmallows. And, but it's healthy. It's, it's fucking good. Raisin Bran. The raisins taste like the marshmallows because it's sweet. It's a, di- mm. it's a dichotomized food chain. You're, just, you're just eating that shit up. Mm. You're varying it. Variables. Mm. God, dude. We are so fucking drunk. I'm going to be so honest. Can we admit that? Can you admit it, Pruitt? I think the transparency is good. I don't know. I've been I've been uh, drinking a few beers this episode. Yeah. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. And the, uh, the, strep- the streptococcus in the back of my throat. And the, uh, oh, you really got strep? Dude, I think I do. Oh, I mean, it's rough. I've had bad sinuses my so, entire life. Wait, but. where were you going with the, uh, what cereal were you just talking about? Dude, I just wanted to plug Special K. Special K. What yeah, up, Special, Special K? K? Nice. What up, Special K? We like you. I mean, I don't eat a lot of Special K. I eat some Raisin Bran, but I'm cool I never Special did. K. I, I never have did. no beef. And I have no Special mom, K beef. My mom said, get the, fu- get the Special K yogurt clusters. Bam, I did it. Oh. Life-changing shit. You will never eat Lucky Charms or anything with some dangly candy, marshmallowy, jerk-a-dick shit in there ever again. Mm. Yeah, it was just a shameless plug. Uh, I'm looking forward to eating it when I wake up from my 8 a.m. in about four hours. Uh. Uh. (laughs) In my 8 a.m.? Dude, I need breakfast. We gotta do what we gotta do. All right, everybody. I think that wraps it up. I'm sweating because we turned this air conditioner off in here. Yeah, so I did the make same the sound thing. Quality. I'm sweating, I'm like sweating a in my fucking bed. Talk to me nice, Bruno. All right, boys. With all of that being said, uh, my name's Pruitt. My name's Mark. Thank you for tuning in to episode 18 of Suburbia. Everybody have a good night. Have a good morning. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah.